So Lord Krishna is told slowly, gradually, step by step, taking Arjuna to the perfection of yoga system. What is the necessity of all this explanation that has been mentioned in Bhagavad Gita? People are telling, okay, let us read later. Let us do our current duties or studies or whatever we are doing now. So a person who is wise, he can see what is the need of this philosophy and to whom this philosophy is being spoken. Oh, Bhagavad Gita, no, no, it is meant for those who are not successful in their life like that. But if we see Bhagavad Gita here is being spoken, you are seeing in the picture to Arjuna. What is the situation of Arjuna? He has taken birth as the prince of Hastinapur. From Hastinapur, the kings were ruling the entire world, not just this country. And there is a description which is uh, in uh, Mahabharata, Srimad Bhagavatam, other places, about how uh, all the other countries, they were being ruled by the Pandavas and Pandavas went to different countries. Some went toward north in the European countries, some went towards the Middle East. And thus they were ruling everywhere. They defeated all those kings or subjugated them. So Arjuna was born in such a family and he was the most valiant among all the warriors. He was such an extraordinary general fighter that he was able to defeat all the denizens of heavenly planets also single-handedly. And even defeated Lord Shiva in a battle. And thus he got pleased and received a special weapon from him. So he was so very much advanced in his skills. One of the most advanced fighters of his time. He could defeat people of higher planets also. And he was very, very uh, handsome also, having very good looks. And he was very much learned also, very sharp moralist also. So people think, uh, okay, Yes, morality is very good because a moral person can be happy. But here morality also has failed Arjuna. Arjuna was so moral of such elevated character that when he went to Indra, there was some arrangement why he had to leave this planet and he went there. And there he, Indra thought that Arjuna has a desire to enjoy one of the Apsaras. Apsaras are the society girls which dance and please the king of heaven. So he told immediately, indicated that you please go and satisfy Arjuna, who was actually his son, Indra's son. And the Apsara went and uh, Arjuna immediately denied, oh, no, no. Uh, you are like my mother. And how can, it is not possible. I cannot ever think of this thing. So he was cursed to become eunuch. And then uh, Arjuna, the great fighter, was teaching dance to the daughter of the king of Viratnagar. And then when he got to know Arjuna is this person in the guise of some uh, ordinary dancer. So he told you, please marry my, accept the hand of my daughter. So he told, no, I'm teaching her. So the relationship between teacher and student is like uh, father and daughter. So she's like my daughter. So what are you talking? I can never do that. But yes, because she's my daughter, I can accept her hand for my son. And in this way, she was accepted as daughter-in-law. 
but Arjuna was just imagined a person of such character. Who I have taught her, she is my student. She is like my daughter. Who my father enjoys with that that woman, she is like my mother. But even such, what to speak of material abilities? Some people do have material abilities, but they end up being immoral, and they are thus they are implicated, and uh, by the laws of the state or by laws of nature karma, and thus they suffer. So if a person is sinful, the Vedas are telling. there is no possibility of happiness even though by destiny he may be very very opulent so these people do not know there are many things many fine laws of nature which if we break just like now if you break the laws of hygiene we get diseased if we break those laws we are bound to suffer does not matter even if you are having uh, some opulence by your past destiny but now if you are sinful you have to suffer in future is there is much more suffering because sins take some time to fructify but nevertheless in this life also there would always be disturbance and the sin begins from as simple as telling lies if a person is telling lies then also mental disturbance is sure to come that is also sin so arjuna not uh, just he was very smart very very powerful and supremely wealthy arjuna was able to discover a mountain of gold that is why he is also called dhananjaya a person who could get so much of money but even though he is so much wealthy he could get a mountain of gold we are yearning for some salary some profit we want some power arjuna was so powerful he was having weapons which could have destroyed the universe not just planet and he was very very sharp moralist but still he came in distress this is the nature of material world how much ever successful you can become the material nature will somehow or the other put us into suffering so a person who is wise he understands the background of bhagavad gita oh, a person like arjuna can suffer then what to speak of me i am not even 0.1% qualified as him so when arjuna after attaining all the material success still when he was dissatisfied then he asked krishna uh that i am surrendering to you shishyaste ham shadi mam tvam prapannan i am surrendered and please take me not as your friend although we are friends but now i offer myself as your student so unless there is offering a student unless there is surrender there is no flow of knowledge so many devotees you know many people they come to meet and they keep on talking talking and talking but there is no offering there is never inquisitiveness so they come they meet and they go away and just wasting the time so unless there is surrender there is no question of flow of knowledge so when arjuna also was debating with uh, krishna uh, krishna did not instruct arjuna yes questions are encouraged but in a spirit of surrender so when arjuna put forth questions in a spirit of surrender after surrendering he was inquiring then krishna chastised first of all सिचुएशन So anybody who cries a lot for the dress is called shudra. So shudra means they cry for small things, and shudra also means untrained in the Vedic knowledge. So those people who cry for small things, they cannot understand Veda, so they were not given training also. 
but somehow is by proper association he can come out of this crying come to the platform of sanity then there is question of any transfer of knowledge so in this situation when arjun offered himself to krishna that uh, krishna all my things have failed whatever i have attained in my life now please tell me what to do so krishna told him first of all don't worry about this body because you are not the body a wise man dhira tatrana muhyati dehi no asmin yatha dehi this body is continuously changing there is one more change which is going to happen at the time of death a person who is wise he knows that i am simply moving to another body and a person who does not know shudra who is not trained cannot realize such a person will cry now we see the entire world is crying simply on the bodily platform bodily losses are taken as very serious loss and bodily happiness is taken as great matter of jubilation this is ignorance complete ignorance stress of mind is taken as distress peacefulness of mind is taken as happiness this is also ignorance we are not the body and we are not the mind and uh, then krishna explained to arjuna thus please understand first of all you have to be sane why you are crying because you are having too much attachment on this bodily platform because we are dissatisfied why we are dissatisfied because we have forgotten our relationship with god as we discussed in the last class and if you forget the person whom you love you will be dissatisfied we all want love in life you have lost your memory and even though your loved ones are standing in front of you you don't feel pleasure seeing them and thus because there is no love no pleasure in life you will seek pleasure here and there somewhere we want pleasure so that is why he told arjuna to understand knowledge it is very important first of all to come to the level of renunciation if you are too much attached to this world you will never come to platform of knowledge thus lamentation will not be solved so renunciation sanyas was explained by krishna to arjuna <clears throat> so and before sanyas it is not possible to understand the importance of sanyas and renunciation also so that is why you begin by giving up the results of your activity uh if a person unlimitedly unrestrictedly just like child is playing morning to evening computer game he cannot have any sanity about his uh, academics about his future so that is why regulation is given you do this much study then you can play this much so in this way he studying also which is the actual aim uh, for which uh, the parents are raising the child but nevertheless he has some inclination so let him do study when he studies nicely then allow him to play also a little in this manner the vedas recommend the way of enjoying in this world that ultimately they want to make a person connected to god but a person is not interested okay you do this activity and for god and then you will get this material result in which your real interest lies we are not interested in god but we serve god so that we can have material enjoyment in life so this is called karma kanda portion so when a person starts following this and then he goes on to karma yoga starts giving up the result of his activity so vedas also recommend do some charity so in future you will be rich and this thing will happen person develops the habit of giving up not enjoying everything that he has when a person starts giving up the actions of his the results of his actions then some sanity comes to him he comes out of this material intoxication it has reduced so he can have some thoughtfulness 
So any person can see this thing. How Bhagavad Gita is so important. Who can be successful than Arjuna? And he is also lamenting. So it is very imperative for everyone to understand. So in order to bring a person to this sanity, start renouncing the results of your activities. Give up. Don't enjoy everything. Karma Yoga begins from there. And then further, Sanyas. When a person is realized uh, that he is not the body by such practice, by reading the Vedas, when the intelligence is clear, he can understand the Vedas. And when he has understood the Vedas, the first principle of the Vedas perfectly, that I am not the body. Satisfaction of the body is not my satisfaction. This is called Jnana Yoga. So a Jnana Yogi is not supposed to, he is Atmaratir Evasyad. He is self-satisfied. He is not supposed to do the duties. So Jnana Yogi leaves the duties and then he takes Sanyas. And after Sanyas, comes this level that is called Sankhya Yoga. So the Sankhya Yoga word, sometimes you'll find it being synonymous with Ashtanga Yoga. As in this chapter, although the name is Sankhya Yoga, but the details of Ashtanga Yoga are mentioned. And sometimes Sankhya Yoga, you also find synonymous with Jnana Yoga. So what is this Sankhya Yoga? And the Sankhya Yoga already we have done in the second chapter. And then again, this is uh, Sankhya Yoga here. So how do we understand this thing? So Srila Prabhupada very beautifully explains. Sankhya means Samyakhyati. Samyak means complete description. And Sankhya has come from the word count also. So to count also means to Sankhya or to analyze. Just like when we sit and we analyze the business, profit, loss, expenditure, turnover. We, anal we count in various verticals. So counting the things or analysis is called Sankhya. It's called Sankhya. So everybody is following Sankhya process. Even the modern material scientists, they also analyze the world. This is chemical energy. This is electrical energy. This is sodium. This is potassium. This is electron. This is proton. In this way, this is protein. This is uh, nucleus and... In this way, they are trying to analyze the world in different components by counting the components. So this analysis, the literal translation of analysis is called Sankhya. So everybody is following the process of Sankhya. It could be the material scientist or it could be the followers of Vedic Sankhya system. But what is the difference when we read Sankhya? We are understanding the analysis directly given by the God because our analysis is imperfect. Sometimes which is good for us, we tell it is harmful. And things which are harmful for us, we tell that it is good and we mistake. Because this analysis based on our reasoning and logic, which we have understood in all our sessions, it is imperfect. So when we take the analysis of the world very, very nicely from God himself, that is called Sankhya Yoga. Yoga means which connects us to God. So in the second chapter, uh, the Sankhya Yoga, which is mentioned, that Sankhya Yoga is different from what we are going to read now. And the similar Sankhya Yoga is also mentioned. Originally, the Sankhya Yoga philosophy was mentioned by Kapil Dev to his mother Devahuti. Who is Devahuti? Who is Kapil Dev? Devahuti is the daughter of Manu. Who is Manu? Manu is the first person from whom all the Manavas human beings have descended. Manu is the son of Brahma. And uh, then 
Manu created other human beings. Thus, we are called Manav. Just like Pandavas, why they are called Pandav? They are descendants of Pandu. So we are called Manav because we are descendant of Manu. So Manu's our forefather. His daughter was Devahuti, and Devahuti was married to very great, powerful sage Kardamuni, and their son was Kapil Dev. They came in Satyug long time ago. and kapil dev explained the system of sankhya yoga it is mentioned in third canto of bhagavatam to his mother devahuti and uh, what is this sankhya yoga the system it is a combination when a person has come to the level of gyana understanding that i am not the body then he further analyzes and he tries to find the root cause of this world i am not the body so from where i have come from where this body has come how these things are functioning so analyzing like this by understanding the material nature very nicely and then trying to connect to that supreme source the super soul in the heart this is called sankhya yoga a combination of knowledge and mystic yoga so and when a person understands firmly that yes super soul is there present in my heart and he wants to establish a connection with him then he moves on to the next level he becomes uh dhyana yogi and after that dhyana when he is established in constant meditation upon krishna within the heart then he develops spontaneous attraction for god and then he starts engaging himself in service of god that is called bhakti yoga so this is the process slow process in which a living entity moves so however in the second chapter the sankhya yoga which is mentioned it has got nothing to do with the sankhya yoga which we just discussed which is mentioned by in which is mentioned in this chapter which was explained by kapil muni to devahuti that sankhya yoga is a combination of knowledge analyzing the material ingredients and mystic yoga but the sankhya yoga mentioned in the second chapter means analysis of how i am not the body this is also analysis we see lord krishna is beautifully analyzing that dehino asmini atha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara matra sparshastu kontya sitoshna shuk dukhada that uh, please understand this happiness and distress which is troubling you so much what is this happiness and distress matra sparshastu kontya it is simply contact of senses with the sense object that is taken as happiness but you are not the senses you are different from the senses so why you are getting disturbed you are different from these senses either you satisfy or you dissatisfy the senses you are not affected by this so you should realize your identity as i have explained before if a person is having paralysis whether it is hot or it is cold he will not be affected at all so please understand it is an illusion we wanted to have an illusory independent existence so that is why this machine has been given to us and there are some electrical pulses which carry the touch sensations of the body to my brain suppose the same pulse pulses those neurons they start coming from your skin and they are connected to my brain somebody touches your body i'll get the signals so please do not think that you are this body dehi nasmini athade you are seeing that this body is changing completely everything in the body is changing you take air and you breathe out the air is continuously changing but you remain the same even though so many times different set of air molecules have gone and they have come out so you are not the air within the body so who are you blood blood transfusion happens you are not the blood also are you the bones bones also can be replaced so you are not the bones also organs so in this way we have discussed many times before in this way by analysis 
a person tries to understand who he is. So this is also analysis, although not analysis what Sankhya mentions as a division of world into 24 or 26 elements. Bhumi, Rapo, Nalo, Vayu, Khammano, Buddhi, Revacha, Earth, Air, Water, Fire, Sky, Mind, Intelligence, False, Ego, then five working sense objects, five knowledge acquiring sense objects. So all these things are different. In the second chapter, also analysis is given how you are different from the body. So because this analysis is present in second chapter, the knowledge in second chapter is also called Sankhya Yoga. And because that is connecting us to Krishna, to God, it is called Yoga. That is analysis and that connects us to God. So that is why that is also called Sankhya Yoga. However, this Sankhya Yoga is different what we are trying to study, which Lord Krishna mentions here in this chapter. So Sankhya, one more understanding of Sankhya is there. So I hope I have not confused you. It is clear till here. One more understanding of Sankhya you'll find in the Shad Darshan. So what is this Sankhya philosophy? So in order to understand truth, understanding of truth is important. When a person attains everything in life, still he is dissatisfied. Then he goes to next level of inquiry. What is truth? Why am I dissatisfied? So in order to uh, understand the truth, which is explained in the Vedas, different interpretations have come out from the Vedic philosophies. That is called Shad Darshan or the six philosophies. Vaisheshika, Nyaya, Yoga, and uh, Mimansa, Vedanta. So these are the philosophies. <clears throat> so one philosophy tells Vaisheshika philosophy. So they have read the Vedas only very, very nicely. But by reading the Vedas, they could not understand in displic succession. So they came to think, oh, this world is made up of atoms ultimately. So absolute truth is described as Brahm in the Vedas, in the Vedanta. So this Brahm is understood to be some people by atom because it is told Brahm is eternal. Brahm is not created, not destroyed. So atom is not created. Atom is a fundamental particle. And, uh, and we do not know what modern science called atom is actually atom or not. But the Vedas tell, yes, actually, when the entire body is disintegrated, then still uh, this body continues to exist in the form of small particles which are indivisible that is called anu and a person however with naked eyes cannot perceive this fact and you'd be surprised to know this thing is also mentioned in the third canto of bhagavatam only 5000 years ago atomic theory has come recently few decades ago but 5000 years ago sages in the jungle without microscope telescope any analysis they are explaining that this body is made up of small indivisible particles called anu atoms and even after the body is disintegrated those particles continue to exist and uh, as we have discussed in our jigyasa session incredible vedas how all these scientists they have gone through our vedas puranas and thus they are trying to like Erwin schrodinger niels bohr nikola tesla all of them were reading and they also give some interpretation of what the Vedas are telling. <clears throat> so this is one understanding. So they have come to know, oh, absolute truth, Brahma means the atoms actually. The world is made up of combination of atoms. Another philosophy is uh, that of Karma Mimansa philosophy. That philosophy tells that the world is eternal and there are laws uh, which is absolute truth. 
the absolute truth is not something spiritual beyond this world but this world itself and it is governed by the laws about god or some supreme controlling authority we are not much bothered because even if there is god god is bound to give you the results as per your activities because the vedas mention so many laws of nature so they tell we need not bother about god even if he is there or not there he is bound to give you results as per your activities so better do nice activities and nice activities will lead you to platform of happiness or liberation this is called karma mimamsa philosophy taking the laws of nature as absolute truth supreme then there is yoga philosophy given by uh, the sage expounded by the sage patanjali we have all heard or would have heard of patanjali yoga sutras so the sage patanjali tells no no absolute truth is actually a person supreme person and he is there in the heart and the system of yoga it tells us how to perceive the presence of that absolute truth supreme lord within our heart so this ashtanga yoga is another way of uh, another they also have some understanding but not perfect understanding shri prabhupada explains even though they are advanced and they understand absolute truth is a person from a person all these things are coming out all the universes but still they don't want to engage in any relationship with that person engage in service of that person but they want to merge in the body of that person because of separate existence there is so much of trouble so let me merge myself now so even though they understand that uh, supreme personality as parmatma is present in my heart but they don't want to serve parmatma they want to merge so this is the ultimate objective of the ashtanga yogis they want to go and merge in the body so like this six philosophies are there mentioning the vedas so some of these people uh, also tell that i am following sankhya philosophy so what is that sankhya philosophy sankhya philosophy this is little atheistic philosophy uh, atheistic means although they uh, explain the vedas and read vedas and vedanta but they don't accept the personality of god and sankhya philosophy tells everything is uh, temporary uh everything is not temporary everything is illusion sankhya philosophy tells just like in a dream you are imagining a world that there is water there is tree there is mountain there are people similarly now this is also a dream which is going on around you so what is a perfect philosophy vedanta philosophy expounded by vedavyas and confirmed by lord krishna krishna is mentioning here bhumi rapo nalo vayu kham mano buddhi revacha ahankaritiyam me bhinna prakritirashtadha these are my bhinna prakriti different energies ashtadha eight kinds of different energies if it is illusion only why krishna will take trouble to explain this is earth air water fire sky mind intelligence these are my energies krishna is real so his energies are also real however some people are not able to understand and they tell actually just like in a dream you are perceiving earth air water fire sky and all those things it is simply your hallucination similarly now also we are hallucinating so when there is self realization you understand that you are only god god for them is not a person but simply one consciousness which is spread everywhere i am also god you are also god just that we have not realized so stages like ashtavakra and others they propound this philosophy which is uh, not substantiated by the vedas so although this philosophy also carries the name sankhya it is not the sankhya which was mentioned by kapil muni it is wrong interpretation of that philosophy another philosopher in the recent history came by the same name kapila and he misinterpreted the original sankhya philosophy given by kapil dev 
So thus, these are various understandings of Sankhya. Sankhya means analysis. Even modern scientists who analyze the world in different components, they are also called Sankhyaites. Sankhya Yoga also means the philosophy which is mentioned in second chapter because analysis of the body and soul is given and it combines us to Supreme Lord. So it is called Yoga, Sankhya Yoga. But what we are going to study now here, what Kapil Muni explained to Devahuti, the original Sankhya Yoga philosophy is uh, after Jnana Yoga, it is a combination of knowledge as well as mystic yoga to find out what is a root cause, the soul of this entire, just like this body has got soul. When the soul is out, body will not be able to sustain. It will not produce byproducts. It, it vanishes, dwindles. So what is the soul of this entire universe? Who is sustaining all these things? Such wonderful systems are going on. So that is Sankhya, finding out the root of this thing. But first of all, it is very, very important to come to this level of knowledge to have perfect renunciation. Unless a person is very much attached and addicted to sense enjoyment, just like a child who is playing computer games day in and day out, where is the question of knowledge and analysis? So that is why Krishna has so strictly told Arjuna, we read how every second shloka Arjuna was being told to remain indifferent. Don't become happy with the pleasure of the senses. You are not the senses. Don't become distressed in the distress of the senses because you are not the body. You are not the... Yes, I think there was some problem, but now it has resumed. So Krishna has uh, uh, been telling Arjuna in every other shloka, please do not indulge in the happiness of the senses because happiness and distress is same thing. Renunciation, renunciation has been so much stressed by Krishna to come to the platform of knowledge, understanding Sankhya and then going beyond Sankhya to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then Krishna also told Arjuna, please fight and do Karma Yoga. So that is why Arjuna wants to clarify. So Krishna, I want, I should do yoga or I should take uh, sannyas. So yoga means I have to fight and offer the results to you. And sannyas means I have to leave my activities. So that is why before explaining the rules and regulations of the Sankhya Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga system, Krishna will give answer to the questions Arjuna asked in the fifth chapter. What is yoga? What is sannyasa? Which is better? So that we will see in the next class. So for now, uh, we will uh, finish the session and uh, we will practice this wonderful process of chanting the holy names, which is even beyond the Sankhya philosophy. Sankhya means understanding what is root of this world and the root of this world is the whole world has come from the Supreme Personality or sound. And the liberation also happens by sound, anavritti shabdat. So those people who are wise, they take to the direct process. If a person is not able to take to the direct process, then gradually over many, many lifetimes, they go through this yoga ladder very, very slowly. But we are fortunate. So let us practice this topmost form of yoga, which is called mantra yoga, which is also bhakti yoga, shravanam kirtanam vishnoho. So this mantra meditation is very powerful. So we'll take up questions and answers once we are done with this small practice. So we have to simply focus on this holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 
Ram Ram Hare Hare. Simply chant and hear these words with great attention. Don't think anything else exists around you. Just focus on each and every word very, very attentively with the understanding that I am receiving God and his energy personally. Hare Krishna. I am requesting God, his counterpart, Radha Krishna, please engage me in your service. So spines can be erect. And uh, yes, all the questions we will take, please do not worry. Let us just focus on this chanting now for a while. And after that, I'll be online to take the questions. So please keep your spines erect. All the questions of philosophy will be answered only by this chanting. All the qualities and realization that we are discussing, it 